congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, I think our boys and girls uh, can easily think about things, whether whether they've been in school or whether they're thinking about things in their homes or things that they enjoy, that they have their favorites. Uh, they have a favorite teacher, perhaps, or a favorite food, or a favorite movie that they like, or they have a favorite color, maybe even a number. And uh, what is it about that person? What is it about that food? What is it about that color or movie, whatever it might be? Well, it's something that, that there's something about it that if you ask them about it, they say there's something about it that's different that makes those particular things or those particular people favorite. And that, of course, is something that we confess as Christians about God, isn't it? We've talked about that oftentimes, especially as we've been focusing our attention on who God is and what He's done and what He is doing and what He will do, that there's no one who is like Him, uh, that He is truly special. He is truly awesome. He is to be the favorite of our lives, to be sure. Uh, he does the God and His Christ, what, what no one else can do. Uh, only God can be God. Uh, only Christ can save us from our sins. We sang that repeatedly a moment ago. There are, there are ways, of course, that Jesus is the same as we. He's human, we're human, but there are ways that He is totally different from us for our good. And that's why we trust Him. That's why we love Him. That's why we follow Him. That's why we confess Him along with the Father and the Spirit. And that's why He needs to be the most favorite of people, various of persons that we know. And we see that again this, this evening as, as we look at the death of Jesus Christ, different than anybody else's death, because of what it accomplishes for us. And we see that it's different because unlike other deaths, it satisfies God's justice and truth. It transforms the death of believers and it transforms the lives of believers. We want to look at those thoughts a moment again this evening. First of all, that, that Christ's death is different from all others because it is a death that satisfies God's justice and truth. We make that confession. Because God's justice and truth demand that He had to go all the way to death. Now, when we think about death in that way, it doesn't seem on the surface when you say, well, Jesus died, or Christ died, if you're not scratching below the surface, it doesn't seem like anything unique about his experience. I mean, there's, as we said before, there's, there's, we oftentimes say there's, there's two things certain in life, death and taxes. Unless Christ re returns first, we all have to die. And so when you hear that Christ died, somebody might say, well, there's nothing new in that. There's nothing new under the sun. Everybody dies. But we confess that Christ's death is something unique and necessary. Why was it necessary for Christ to humble Himself even unto death? Necessity and uniqueness come together in the answer. 
respect to God's justice and truth, satisfaction for our sins could be made no other way than by the death of the Son of God. It had to happen. Because unless it did, there would be no satisfaction for sin regarding God's justice and His truth. And that's what makes Christ's death truly special. And we mentioned that before too, don't we? When we're talking about the confession, as we go through the confession and we make these statements that we do, they are special. They are special to the fullest sense of the term. They're awesome to the fullest sense of the term in the ways that we oftentimes don't use those words. Because, as we've said before, it's easy for us to say things are awesome or that they're special. Somebody comes home and says, I got two bottles of milk for gallons of milk for five dollars. That's awesome. You know, somebody's playing a game and they said, I beat somebody and I beat my playmate, I beat my friend five times in a row. Wow, that's awesome. But is it? It might be great. It might be remarkable. But we've really downgraded that, that word a lot of times really to mean that. Well, that's a little bit out of the ordinary. Somebody watches a show and up comes on the screen somebody is a special guest star and you look at that person and you say, I don't... I've never seen that person before. What makes this person special? Well, it isn't necessarily because he's a superior actor or because he is so famous in the world, but, but he's somebody different on the show. We talk about special times that we have with people. Well, they're not unique times necessarily. But there are times that we cherish with particular esteem or affection and happy times. But Christ's death is truly unique and special and awesome to the fullest sense of the term. It is different from any other death because it is a death that pays for our sins and makes us right with God. And there isn't anything else that can do that. Scott picked the song Rock of Ages. Not the labors of my hand can fulfill the law's demand. The Apostle Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 15, this is of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. The Apostle Peter would say that he was put to death to bring us to God. The righteous for the unrighteous. The Apostle Paul in Romans 5, 6, while we were yet weak, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. That unique satisfaction is why we rejoice 
in this death like no other. Now, now some might indeed take relief. When a loved one who has suffered is no longer suffering. And people take joy when a tyrant dies. The joy that we have for Christ's death is special. Because His death and its ability to satisfy God's justice and truth cannot be matched. That uniqueness in turn and, and that death tells us so much about God and sin and His justice, and His Word. Because you notice that we confess that God's justice gets satisfied by this death. We, we, we see that God doesn't turn a blind eye to injustice. And it reminds us that our God is not an unjust God, which reminds us in turn again that that's the kind of God that we can trust. That's why His faithfulness is so great. Because you can't trust an unjust God. You can't depend on Him. You can't depend on His Word. This death, it also reminds us of the gravity, and the seriousness, and the filth of sin. that it requires death by the justice of God. And it requires the death penalty. And through that death we see how utterly pure and holy and just God is. The cross and its redeeming power should not cause us to take a cavalier attitude to sin when we even saw the assurance of pardon this morning from Psalm 130 verse 4. But in you there is forgiveness. Therefore you are feared. It's not there is forgiveness. Oh good. Now I can just go off and live my life in whatever cavalier way that I would wish to do it. No, the cross and its, its pardoning grace causes us to, to revere God all the more. It should open our eyes to how utterly heinous sin truly is. We must see how sin dishonors the majesty, the purity, and the holiness of God. And then in turn, by God's grace to see that how it can make life so miserable for us. And the relationships that we establish. And that are broken when we live in sin or when we sin, we, we, we should regret it. We should be saddened by it. And we should admit it. And we should confess it. We should be ashamed of it. And we should not be proud of it. Not when we look at the cross. Not when we consider that it took the death of Christ to reconcile us to God because of it. I teach you that God's Word is upheld at the cross. 
God's justice and truth do come together here. In the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So said God in the Garden of Eden. And now there was a there was a spiritual dying and a physical dying, but, but why not an everlasting dying for all? Is God's Word not true and He makes His threat? It is. But we need to see this truth in the death of Christ. It's because Christ takes hell for His people. That His people don't have to take that hell and horror anymore. God's Word remains true. And it's justice. But he's also able to display his mercy by this death. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Death confirmed in his burial. Christ's descent into hell is not something that occurred after his death, but in his death, as he endures the curse and the wrath of God for us in Christ like no one else could do. And because he does that, then God's word is upheld in his words of threat and his words of mercy. In his command, and in his gospel in Christ. So when we see the death of Christ, one of the things that we should see in faith is that God's word can be trusted. God's word should be honored. And when we get disappointed with God or are tempted to be mad at God, The reason that we do those things is that we would, of course, very much like to see God do things that that He's never promised, but we think He's promised, or we wish He'd promised. And may the death of Christ remind us, among other things, that God is true to His Word. The key for us is to understand what His Word is true about. Not the things that we make up or that we wish could be. Promises. His threats. His direction. His commandments. And His gospel in Christ. And when we respect the death of Christ then, we respect the Word of God. The uniqueness of Christ's death is seen also in the transformation of believers' deaths. And that's why I turn to this passage like we do. We see that uniqueness stated in the Catechism when it says that believers' deaths are not a satisfaction for our sin. Death apart from Christ can only be seen as a part of the punishment for sin. But that punishment could never satisfy God's wrath because that death would have only led to a further eternal condemnation of both body and soul. 
And that's how serious sin is. Something that the world just wants to cover up and say isn't. That's how serious sin is. But, but what is remarkable about the death of the believer is that it is no longer a curse for them and it's because of the death of Christ. And nothing can separate us from the love of God when we're in Christ Jesus, death included. Death is transformed for believers. Our passage asks, Question, do you believe that? Our passage speaks of the two ways that death is transformed thanks to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life. Martha's consoled by Christ's word that physical death is only temporary for the believer. Though he die, yet shall he live. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Because resurrection awaits the believer in Christ. But at the same time, death which separates in so many ways cannot separate us from the life that we have spiritually and everlastingly in Christ. Because Christ also says, He who receives me and believes in me will never die. Even if one dies physically, life carries on everlastingly when we're in Christ. The consolation in death. I mean... The world can't comprehend that. That there's consolation in death. It's not just, except for maybe thinking, they say, well, that that person's no longer suffering here on earth. Well, people will say that about their pets. And they'll put them out of their misery. Believers have a whole lot more consolation than that. Because in thanks to the death of Christ, death is no longer an enemy nor a tyrant or a believer. Death can only be a servant for the believer. Instead of being a passage into everlasting condemnation, which is what it would be if you're merely an Adam. It's now an avenue into the everlasting arms of Christ because you're in Christ. Instead of a continuance and a furtherance into the depths of despair and turmoil, death becomes a portal into the conscious rest of the Lord. Instead of being further plagued by sin's corruption, that plague is past. To a very, very real extent, life doesn't end in death when we're in Christ. Life continues 
everlastingly thanks to the death of Christ, thanks to the Gospel of Christ. As the Apostle Paul would say, of course, we go to be with the Lord, which is much better by far. And there is nobody that can transform death for us except God through His Son. And it's why our death can now be seen as precious in the eyes of God, as we sang about earlier. Now that doesn't mean that death is, is not difficult or saddening, not on this side of glory anyway. But death's transformation in Christ does help us to keep perspective on the death of our loved ones in Christ and on our own dying. And it can only be that way through the death of Christ and making the confession that this, that this Christ died for me. Otherwise, death has not made its transformation in our lives. We have every reason to fear death. But in Christ, death has lost its power to make our lives hopeless. Because in our death, our sinning comes to an end the joys of eternal life continue to deepen. That's why we can say that to live is Christ and to die is gain. For whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. But Christ's death also impacts our living. But that's one thing we haven't mentioned yet. It, it impacts our living and not just our dying. When we're in Christ through faith, we understand from Scripture that our sinful selves are put to death as well. Christ's death impacts then not only the life to come, but our everyday lives as well. We die to sin, we live to righteousness. Our living is transformed. Christ's death is what makes the difference in death, but also in life. And that's not to say that we we stop our sinning entirely on this side of glory. We just mentioned that the only thing that will stop that is our dying. But what does happen is that sin no longer reigns and tyrannizes us. Christ's death for our lives makes such a difference that it makes a difference in what we say, do, and think. It makes a difference in our hearts, souls, minds, and strength. It makes a difference in what we will and what we do. And even when we do sin, there's genuine sorrow for it. Even when we do sin, we continue our fight against this. And people see that sorrow and they see that fight. And in our thoughts, words, and actions, they see a difference being made. There's something that's different about us because Christ's death has made that difference for us so that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. We're of the heavenly now where Christ resides, not the earthly. We have died now and our life is hidden with Christ in God in Colossians 3.3. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. But one who has died has been set free from sin through Romans 6, 6 and 7. In the life that I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. Galatians 2.20 
Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Galatians 5.24 Far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Galatians 6.14 But unless Christ comes again, we'll all have to die. And there is nothing unique in that. Christ's death is unique. Many deaths will have an impact on you. Many have, no doubt. And yet, what other death can have such an impact on you for the good like the death of Jesus Christ? Whose death can satisfy your sin against the justice of God like His? What death can make you see the justice of God and the truth of His Word like Christ? What death can open your eyes to the heinousness and yet the forgiveness of your sins like Christ? And what death can transform your death into a passage to eternal blessing like Christ? And what death can transform your life from a life under sin, slavery, to life devoted to a sacrifice of thanksgiving like Christ? Whose death could keep you from the horrors of hell except the death Christ? No one death can have that kind of impact. No death could make that kind of difference. No death. And you don't find it in our confession. No death can be worthy of a profession of faith like the death of Christ. Such a remarkable death. Because it makes all the difference in a person's life and death before God. And I pray that it's making that kind of a difference for you right now. Amen. Let's take a moment to respond.